Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. And Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? It is Wednesday. Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Rajah Bell. we got a big show to get to. A lot of NBA drama is unfolding as the uh, NBA All-Star, the complete squad, was announced. We had starters on the last show. The thing last night or yesterday that bothered me, and see, here's the thing about LeBron James, right? He had his 30,000 points last night. Great for him. One, career accomplishment that you look at him, it's like just one more notch. And his case to go against Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. But he does some things, Raja, that I just look at and I shake my head and I'm just thinking he just can't help himself. So he put out a post on Instagram and it was basically a letter to himself. He posted a picture in his high school uniform and, you know, he, he just congratulated himself. A nice long letter saying remind himself to be humble. Take a moment to enjoy yourself. It was – I think it was awful. What was your thought? So the very nature – of the ode to self (laughs) is anti-humility, right? (laughs) Like the very fact that you're, you're putting this out. Um, look, I, I'm a LeBron fan. Uh, when I played against him and watching some of the interactions he had with teammates, I questioned his leadership ability when I wasn't uh, around him on a day-to-day basis, having spent time with him when I was with Cleveland, um, you know, granted, I wasn't a player. I was in the front office, but I did have enough interaction with him on planes and just general one-on-one conversations and watching him with his teammates. It gave me a new perspective on the way he worked, the way he led by example in that regard. Um, so I am a fan. Having said that, um, that was kind of low rent, was, if you will. It was, yeah. look, you don't need to do that. You don't. Like you, everyone knows that you're the king. Like everyone knows that you stand a chance of going down one day as maybe one of the top two players to ever play the game. Every, like everyone knows you just let your game, the accomplishment itself speak for itself. I feel like sometimes he, he tries to outsmart people, you know, like, and it comes off, it comes off like not that smart. You're, you're just overthinking it a little bit. Like just let it speak for itself. I thought it was corny AF. Yeah. AF. <laughs> like, that's AF. Like, oh, I hear you. I looked at it and I was like, oh man. So I used to do a thing on ESPN radio with LeBron and it was, it was a hundred percent scale. Like, cause I, I'm with you. Yeah. I love a lot of things about him. So at different times it's varied. So there was a time and it was like, I loved 90% of LeBron. Like, okay. I loved his work ethic. I love that he wants to win championships. He'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. And then there are some of the, the super passive aggressive <laughs> stuff that sure. he does. I am readjusting my scale. The Where are you at this he, morning? I probably 80%. 80%. Because I still love most of what he brings to the table. Yeah. But then you see the subtle shots in social media towards teammates, the way he tries to pull the strings, which again, some of it I like, but some of it I don't. Again, he's trying to, that's, you're trying to be cute with that. You thought that was going to be like appreciated or maybe funny or, you know, maybe you did it tongue in cheek. And I, what I think it speaks to more than anything is the state of dysfunction in Cleveland. You know, like I, I think, I think it really does. I think it sheds some light. And I know this is a personal thing, not a team thing, but feeling the need to do that now is almost like, Hey guys, look at me. Look, remember, remember me kind of a little bit. Like I know everything is going bad, but I'm still about to score 30,000 points. Like it, it, it yells that to me. And again, I think you're, you know, you're clearly above that. You don't, you don't need to do that. And so, um, 
and I didn't mean to segue it into something else, but I really feel like the level of dysfunction in Cleveland and, you know, I've always been that guy. You asked me this morning, are you still like, hey, they got LeBron, don't worry about it? Yes, but there's a level of dysfunction in Cleveland to the, like, I don't think they've seen the likes of it before. Well, let's get to that because Ty Lue, um was asked, LeBron was asked, is there any danger for his head coach? Because we saw David Black get axed this yes. season where they were still doing, they were, were they the one seed when he got fired? Because they still had a pretty decent record when David we Black were was the, Oh, yeah, it's we, when you, yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. I left that next year and they may have been the one seed. We right. were the two they seed were, our first year. Right. And I had to have a conversation. I don't mean to, I want you to get back no, to No, I point. want to hear this story. We were at Pauley Pavilion, um, in UCLA, at UCLA, and I walked around Rodeo for a while that morning with David Griffin. And, you know, I knew David Blatt was, was on the hot seat. I like David. I spent a lot of time with him after games. That was my job. Talked to David about, you know, the nature of NBA players and what happened in our post game and, you know, just, just kind of chop it up, give him different ideas and stuff like that. And so, you know, David, David Blatt, that is. So David Griffin, you know, and I are walking around with day. He's like, look, I think, you know, we, we, my feet might be to the fire here. They might be to the fire. I might have to fire David Blatt. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't like, let's not do it. Give me a chance to go talk to LeBron. So I pull LeBron aside after the, after shoot around that morning and everybody goes to get on the bus and we spend about 15 minutes, um, talking and I'm talking to LeBron about his legacy and, you know, what ultimately that is. It's not about what he did in Miami, but it's going to be whether he can get this championship back to Cleveland and, you know, David Blatt is our guy right now, but in fairness to David Blatt, you as a team haven't played hard for David Blatt. Like, and he had just come back from that little hiatus yeah. in, in, in Miami. And I said, we haven't, we, we as a staff can't really judge David on his merits because you, we haven't seen you guys play hard for him. So if you could get everybody to play hard for him and give him the opportunity to show us what he can do, then we can make a judgment and help you get the guy if he's not the guy that you'll need to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so LeBron, like, was like, I can, he looked at me and he said, I can do that. And they came out and they did that. They rolled the Clippers that night and, and things took off a little bit. But so the question about whether Ty Lue is on the hot seat, the answer is yes, because these guys aren't playing for him right now. And so the conversation I had with LeBron, it was as simple as that. If you play hard for him, we can determine whether he's a good coach and then we'll make a move if it's warranted. Like that's the conversation that has to be had to some degree with those guys now. Play hard for the guy and let us see what we got. Then we can decide whether A, he's the problem. The roster's the problem, or what have you. But if you're not playing hard for him, we can't make a determination. Why don't they just make LeBron player coach? Because seriously, <laughs> Lando, but seriously, it looks like that position, as you're being through a couple if, – if they got rid of Ty Lue, it would be the second coach who's had pretty much success. They were 30-11, and 11, first in the East when they fired David Blatt. They're not awful. I mean, they're in third in the, uh, in the East right now. They still have a pretty decent record. Now, it's been trash lately. They've really gone in the tank. But – but everybody on that roster knows, everybody in the country knows that LeBron is pulling the strings, that LeBron calls the shots. So how is the coach supposed to be the one that's held responsible when you really don't have that much power? Well, that's why I think you heard T. Lou last year say that he has the toughest job and everybody laughed like it was hysterical, <laughs> right? But and, and from a talent perspective, you'd say, yeah, you're, you're, all your chambers are loaded. you got guys that can do this, that, and, and the other. But... People don't understand what it's like to have to deal and manage with, with that many egos. And not just LeBron's. I mean, Kevin Love is, is, is a huge, um, is a huge personality and, and a great player. But you throw him in the mix. You throw D Wade in the mix. You throw J.R. Smith, who's, who's been tough to handle anywhere he's been. Um, Isaiah Thomas. Like that is an impossible amount of, of ego and personality to manage and keep on the same page. And I don't, like LeBron doesn't coach. He doesn't. He didn't general manage when I was there. He didn't sit in our meetings and he didn't take phone calls. You know, now any general manager worth their salt or coach worth their salt, if they're planning on making a huge change, 
I'm of the belief that you should consult to some degree with the best player on the planet or the best player on your team. You don't, you don't need approval. You're not looking for him to say, yes, I, 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 I co-sign on this deal, get it done. But you are, you want to run that by him. Hey, look, do you think you could play with Debo? Danny. Like Debo, we got a chance to get Debo. Do you think you guys, your skill sets would match? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either, right? <laughs> but, but, but I mean, like that's the, that, that's the capacity that LeBron is in, in, to the capacity, uh, that he's involved, I kind of lost. No, yeah, but I think grammatically was that correct? No, I think but, when you make because I think, but I think the public perception is that he's calling all the shots. No, no, he doesn't call all the shots. But um, I do think he's, I, I do think he's manipulated. So his agency represents a lot of guys. Tristan Thompson's of the world. Um, what's the kid that just went to Milwaukee? They traded from Eric Bledsoe's of the world. And these guys are like, they're ruthless in a good way. Like you want an agent that's ruthless. From the player perspective. From the player perspective. Yeah. You want an agent that's going to come in there and, and hold out and get you every last penny you can get. And so, you know, they held, they held Cleveland accountable for the Tristan Thompson deal. Like they've, they've, he and his camp have caused them to spend so much money and get so many unmovable contracts on the books or just bad looks for them as a team that they're kind of stuck right now. And I know that they want them to move that Brooklyn pick, right? Because LeBron's window is now. But if I'm a Cavs organization, i got to be honest with you. Like, I, I don't know. Dude, yeah, if you told me the Brooklyn pick was going to guarantee me a shot to win another title with LeBron and maybe mortgage my future, it would be worth it. But right now we're so bad that I don't know what I can get back in return makes us viable to win that championship. I'd still roll the dice at it if I thought it was 50-50. But I don't even know if you're going to be here next year. Right. LeBron. Right. Right? So I can't mortgage our future not knowing that you're going to be here. It's my only chance to rebuild. So they're really in a really messed up place right now. Here was uh, LeBron when he was asked if there was any danger for Tyloo getting fired. Um, I would hope not. I would hope not. I mean, but... I really don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with our team. Trouble. Um, I have no idea what's, what's the conversations been going on. I'm just, for me personally, been trying to stay as, as laser sharp as I can to make my keep my guys uh, ready to go out and play. If I'm Ty Lu and I hear the first response is, um, um, I don't know. Trouble. <laughs> I'm kind of worried about that right there. You should be. There have been talks about a deal for uh, Kings point guard George Hill. Does that make a difference? I, no. No. I mean... I like George Hill. He was a target when we were there. Um, and Kobe Altman is the current GM. But I think the expiration date on George Hill being like someone who's really going to get you over the hump has expired. I like, he's a good player, but I don't, I don't know that you drop him in the mix there in Cleveland and all of a sudden all your problems are solved. Um, but I looked at the box score. Did you see the box score last night? Mm-mm. LeBron shot the ball, I don't know, 23, 28 times, 20, 23 times maybe to get 28. And then, like Kevin Love with eight shots, um, Isaiah Thomas with like nine shots. Like those aren't nearly enough shots for like Kevin Love. There's there. Well, it's clear there was a great uh, there was a video that was going around last night because he got knocked down on the back and Jay Crowder walked right by him, looked at him, walked right by him. No player came to help him up. And I think you can learn something like that. Sometimes I think you overreact. You're like, oh, did you see that? I think this team. This was Kevin I, Love. Yes, on the ground had just gotten knocked over. And Crowder like almost stepped over him, didn't, Look, and Kevin Love like put his hand up to get picked up. Nobody responded. I'm they going, do not respect him. I'm going to keep it absolutely 100 on our podcast this morning. When I was in Cleveland, Kevin Love was as much of an outcast as you could be on a team, and 
you know, I was watching, I, I was watching Stephen A. Smith yesterday and he referenced something, um, that's really interesting, right? And a lot of people, you probably want to touch on it. It's the dynamic of, of being in a locker room that's, that's, that's just like culturally a lot different than you. Mm-hmm. And I say that and I think everybody understands like black and white kind yeah. of deal. I lived that. I, I was in a locker room with Matt Harpering in, in Philadelphia. Matt Harpering was miserable. And Matt, he just was like culturally, like this was like when AI was rocking, like big gold chains and super baggy like Reebok, you know, sweatsuits and everybody had a do rag on and Averex jackets and like it was we were a hip hop squad and there sat Matt Harper and like with his you know with his you know it was and Matt was my guy and still is to this day right. and I would feel awful I would look across the locker room and be like Jesus he's just he's just so out of place like he can't figure out even if he wanted to be involved which I'm sure he did he couldn't like figure out culturally what they what they had in common, and 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 it just it just didn't work. And there was an element of that when I was in Cleveland. Now they figured it out. They put it to bed. LeBron went to L.A. had these conversations with Kevin Love. But dude, it was so bad that first year that I was on a phone call with Dan Gilbert um, and our whole brass, and we had a big deal on the table to move Kevin Love in the first year. And I was like, move him, not because I didn't think he was a good player, but because I just couldn't see them figuring out how to work like like as people together. And now with his team basically calling him out at his toughness because he missed the game on, was it Sunday he missed the game and he, and he came out? Oh no, he missed practice Sunday. He missed the practice Sunday because he said he was still sick when he left the game the day before and the players weren't having it. And so they had to have this emotional closed door meeting. I, I think he's a bad fit for this team. Period. Like I don't know if it works. And there was always the stuff about the click. Is he in or he's out? He clearly has never been in the click. Never been in. I think they, I think he worked his way to accepted by the click. Right. But not in the click. Right. Like, like, you're cool. Just chill. You're cool. We ain't going to mess with you, there's but a, you're cool. There's the thing though, with race and sports, and it's one of my, it's one of the, my favorite parts of being on a team was yeah. the diversity. Like, and sure. I played in the NFL, 70% African American. And yet, when we were there, nobody saw colors, but there was absolutely respect. Yeah. And it didn't matter what color you were, but you needed to earn your teammates' respect. And I don't feel like those guys respect Kevin Love. What, yeah, there, it's twofold, right? Like, cause I agree with you 100%. There's an element of like, you were, you, you earn respect by toughing stuff out. Mm-hmm. By, you know, just by, by being tough enough to persevere through things and not fold. And, and not just by throwing elbows and punching people, but like mentally sticking stuff out, grinding it out and, and figuring a way to get through it with, with your team so that you guys can become better. And so yes, um, you can lose respect and be kind of, you know, ostracized for that reason. Um, this, the part I speak to in terms of black and white, it's, it's not really a, it's not really a like, like we don't like white folks or we don't like black folks thing. It's, it's more so like, no, like culturally the way, like what you're into. Right. Right. Like, right. you know, and LeBron, you tell me if I'm wrong. LeBron has always been one who likes to have a very much a camaraderie. Everybody hangs out together. The team hangs out yeah, together. Definitely. Like they love, and yeah. if you don't like anything those guys are doing, like whether it's music, it's tough. Whether, right. It's really tough. Those, yeah. And so he, I, you know, Kevin, was probably out on both fronts. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, culturally, maybe not the greatest fit. Now, he got down with some of the stuff they did. But overall, like, you know, he'd rather probably be doing something else. And then, you know, there were, there were moments where, and I, I don't think this is, this is like a new thing for Kev, but like, people have questioned like whether his heart is always, if he's always in it or tough enough to do it. No one's ever questioned the skill set. No. And quite frankly, um, Cleveland has marginalized him as a player. Now, it's gotten him a championship. But, you know, they've asked him to come there and kind of essentially do what Chris Bosh did, which is give up all that he's been offensively and, and everything to kind of fit with LeBron. And you can debate from Kev's side whether that's fair or not. But the point is, um, 
you know, he is a great player, just not, it doesn't seem like the best fit at this point. All right, so there was other NBA news on Monday. Jason Kidd fired by the Bucks. Uh-huh. Uh, his boy Giannis uh, went. To, Giannis went to bat for him. Tried to said, went, had a private talk. Said, "Hey, do you want me to try to save it?" And Kidd was like, "Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Let's let it happen." We're good. They got to pay me. Were you surprised by that move? Uh, yeah, yes and no. Uh, they've underachieved. I, like they were one of my favorite teams a couple years ago when they came when they came out of nowhere and made the playoffs and just the length, the way they defended. I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Debo, if you could look it up, like a couple years ago, their first run in the, to the playoffs when they were A-seed, what they were defensively in the league versus what they are now. And that's why I'm disappointed because I thought that he had them like dialed in defensively. That length, it gave Cleveland just fits when I was with Cleveland. Um, and we were, you know, we were a finals team, but they switched everything. They were long. They were athletic. They were rangy, versatile. And somewhere along the line, they got away from that and they've become this like middling 500 team, which it's fine. Because you're super young, mm-hmm. but it concerns me that, like, defensively, they don't lock in and get the job done. Um, but, I, look, here's the deal. Like, I, it's weird, the timing of this. They're still in the A spot in the East. Um, they have developed players. Like, Chris Middleton's been developed since, since Jay Kidd and them have been there. Um, Giannis is one of the best players in the league. Um, I think Malcolm Brogdon's come along nicely now. Yeah, rookie of the year, last year. right? So like, there's some really good things there from 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 Jay Kidd. That speaks, I think, more to new GM, new 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 staff, and maybe him not being the guy. Mm-hmm. But I always have a beef because it happened to me in Phoenix. Always have a beef with players or people outside the organization finding out about a firing or a trade before I do, the guy who's getting traded or fired. That is low class. It is low rent. It's unacceptable. I don't care what you're talking about, how it went down. You tell me first, right? If you have any respect for me as a human being, you let me know that first so I don't have to answer to somebody else about why I got fired. Uh, so there was the Cavs drama we talked about. Kid was kind of surprising. I thought the biggest surprise was that the Spurs. There was some drama around the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard's future with that squad. Popovich talked about it a little bit, tried to downplay some of the news you had heard come out. I just, I don't get it. We won't talk about it. There's nothing to talk about other than what we've already said. The rehab is going slower than we expected. We wish it would have gone more quickly. And if we're going to err, as we have in the past, uh, we're going to do it on the conservative side. It's your boy Pop trying to downplay it all. Do you, do you buy into this? That, that <laughs> What, do you smell a little something? I, I smell a little smoke. <laughs> so you thought I smelled something else? When no, no. <laughs> I smell a little no, smoke. When there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. Um, so, so you think this could spell what? The end for Kawhi as, as, as a spur? I have I – have, I know well enough now, right, that when you hear multiple people say, multiple people like Jalen Rose and Stephen A. Smith, people like Jalen knows everybody in the NBA. Yeah. He, Jalen was as cool a teammate as I've ever had. Good people. Um, Stephen A., you, you may like him or not like him, but he's got his finger on the pulse. When they start saying that they have from sources that Kawhi doesn't want to be in, in, in San Antonio anymore, there's something to that. Now, that's not to say that a place like San Antonio and a class act like Kawhi Leonard can't figure it out in a mutually beneficial way where they, you know, they've won championships. But the, the point remains, it's really hard to get people to go to San Antonio to play. It is yeah. like that level of star. When was the last time San Antonio attracted a free agent that was in his prime that was ready? They don't, they build, they build through the draft. Like they, they play our development. They, they get it done. And to their credit, still play at a super high level. Um, but maybe not a high enough level. Like, you had Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker. 
those are three all-star players, one of them being an MVP that you got through the draft. You don't really need to bring in great free agents. But now you've just got Kawhi, and LaMarcus is really good. But I think he sees, like, this This isn't drawing what I need there. It's not drawing. And really, the Spurs are kind of like the New England Patriots, and we talked about it a few weeks ago. It's maybe not as hard-ass as the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, but it's their way. It's a culture. And some some guys just, you know, as they get older, they may realize, look, I'm not 19 anymore. I'm 26 years old. I got a mind of my own. Like, I make a lot of money. I want to have more freedom. And who knows? I don't know. Uh, they could definitely figure it out, but I think when there's when there, where there's smoke, there is fire. All right, so you mentioned San Antonio. It's so hard to get guys to play there. Is yep. it that bad? I've never been there. Is it, is it because Barkley is always ripping on them, calling the women fat, which is kind of messed up, but uh, Barkley gets away with it yeah. when nobody else can? Is it that rough of a city? Like, it, is it that unattractive as yeah. a spot to live and play? No, I, w- I, I don't think so, but it is it – is, I didn't live there long enough to know. I spent I spent a whole month there um, preseason of 2001. They signed me. I didn't make the team. I got cut. Um, there was not a lot to do for that month. I'm going to be honest. Like, there just wasn't. Um, there's not a lot to get into. Um, That's okay, though. At, yeah, I mean, I, right. look, at, at this stage in my career, like, or at, at, towards the end of my career when I had a family, um, and I love to play golf. They're great golf courses. There's all kind of land. Like, you can get big spreads, homes, and and ranches like there's some good to it but for for young people that want to be out doing stuff trendy um lounge <laughs> lounges like right. stuff like that nightlife. you're, you're not, nightlife you're What's, not, you're not is it? great like great restaurants you're not getting that you know all the time now when you go as a when you go as an opposing player and you're in in in, in like the riverwalk area yeah like there's some cool there's some cool restaurants I like, feel like it's like a mon pa place right like it is like the restaurants I'm, but that's better i'm trying to be nice like san, Anto- san antonio is not what not how would you it's, not, it's really <laughs> not i'm sorry like i'm just gonna say it it's not but i don't think it would be among the worst because um, I would put like Milwaukee up there because you have nice weather. At least you have nice Milwaukee. weather. But like yeah. OKC, I think it would be similar to OKC. Am I wrong on that? Um, yeah, they have a similar vibe. Yeah, right. but but I, again, neither one of them is is a place that you would be like, yeah, I got, I, I want to go there. Right. Like now there are there's an allure there too because there's no state tax. It's kind of like you know like Florida, like those Texas teams. Yeah. You, you, you know that helps when attracting free agents, right? But generally speaking, if you had a choice to go to Houston, Dallas, or San Antonio. Comparing apples to apples, like you're going to, that's the, they're the third, they're the third team in Texas in, in, right. in terms of desirable cities to live in. Right. Of course, which right. comes into play. I think people sometimes for sure. forget about that. They're like, oh, why wouldn't you want to go compete for championships? There is a lot to living and quality of life. I mean, cause I'm only in the gym like four hours a day. The yeah. rest of my life is spent outside of the gym. By the way, I know, and this is a little inside info for some of our listeners. We are thinking about taking the show on the road. Final four this year, San Ooh. Antonio. <laughs> so we better make sure. I'm, I'm almost for sure on that. I think, no, I'm not, I'm not sure on traveling on the road, but I, I'm pretty sure it is in San Antonio this year. So you'll have to show us <laughs> all the great. hot spots. Right? Oh, no yeah. doubt. We got fire. Uh, LA All-Star Weekend has been floated. Yes. Like that if, would be fun. Yeah. I, I think I, like, if you had us choose which we could take. Maybe we could put this up on, no-brainer. can we put LA it on Twitter? Yeah. Can we put it on Twitter for our Twitter, like our followers? Like yeah. if people want us on the road, like at, at All-Star yes. Weekend, yeah, can we get you guys to like, I love Roger how he tries to get a Twitter. Oh, baby, let's do it. Maybe we'll do That's it. That's true. If he doesn't even have a Twitter. Hannah's supposed to have an account for me set up already. I, we do. We have an account. Do we really? Yeah. We do. We're not ready to unveil it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. No, we still bum, have bum, to, bum, like, bum. We gotta, like, jazz it up a bit. All right. Perfect. All right. So we uh, teased off the top. We did our draft of the NBA All-Star starters the other day. We're not going to do a draft of the entire team, but... 
the reserves were announced, and some guys were thrilled. It's Carl Anthony Towns. There was a great video of him and his family That's celebrating awesome. the moment he was announced as an all-star, which oh, was incredible, those types of videos when you see that. But there were also some players that were a little upset and teammates of guys that were upset. So here's Russell Westbrook talking about his boy PG. Unbelievable. <laughs> I think it's just outrageous in my opinion. I think, you know, you got, I don't know who else made the team, but I know got team guys, four people from one team. I just don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Guy to lead the league in steals, compete every night, top two at his position. You know what I mean? It don't make it don't make any sense. He's still finding a way to throw shade at KD and the Warriors. He hates that one. I kind of like that he's going back for his teammate. I don't like the guys that complain about themselves. There were some reactions on Twitter. Andre Drummond was not happy about it. Uh, who else was on there, Debo? Lou Will just tweeted out, LOL. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Devin Booker had something, so too. Yeah, he? Devin yeah. Booker's. Opinions, not statistics, or opinions over statistics. See, I, I don't like that one because I don't think it should be just purely statistics either. Like, I think it should be a combination. All of this goes back to my fl- the flaw in the NBA voting. The fact that 50% of this is fan-based is ridiculous. That's way too much power with the fans. Uh, Andre Drummond said, Guess I gotta start doing backflips after every point I score to get attention around here. LMAO, on to the next, and then gotta be effing kidding me. LOL. That's a little bit strong. Well, I, I love Westbrook going to bat for his teammate, too. I mm-hmm. think. On multiple levels, not yeah. just for this year, but you want you're, you're really trying to entice this guy to stay and be a part of what you're building there. So go to bat for him, lay it out on the line. He's got a point, but I don't have a huge beef with Paul George. I, I may have more of a beef with Lou Williams, who's having a phenomenal year. Like, um, and in the East, the only real one I'd have a beef with would be probably that Andre Drummond or someone of the like for for Al Horford. Mm-hmm. I like Al. Al's a good player. Thirteen and seven. I mean, come on, right. Like, real talk, come on. Right. And and that's not taking anything away from Al, but there are more deserving guys out there. All right, so every Wednesday we do a top five. Debo getting super creative with this one. LeBron has 30,000 points. Yeah. The All-Stars announced. Top five NBA players of all time. I know you did a ton of research on I this. Did, I did. You were grinding on this, Raja. I'm a grinder. Like, yes. I've been told that before. Yes, I'm a are. grinder. Do you want to um, go first or do you want me yeah. to go first? No, please, uh, please. All right. So I'll go five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> he needs the time. So my five is Larry Bird. Larry yes, sir. Legend. Yep. Four, Kobe. Yep. Bean Bryant. Uh huh. Three, Bill Russell. Oh. Give him the championships. Yep. Two, LeBron. One, MJ. Ooh. I think this is way harder than people Ooh. think. If that you is just really given hard. five, because I'm looking at the list, I'm like, you could make a case for a lot of other yeah. people. You could. Like Debo wasn't giving Kobe any credit. Um, no, Tim Duncan's. Uh, Tim no, Duncan's no magic, no Kareem, no Wilt <laughs> on Danny's list. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's it's five. It really is a tough one, right? Um, Wilt was pretty damn dominant. Damn, I should have grinded a little bit on this. <laughs> See, it's, it's hard. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna wing it. The top yeah. two I'm gonna are wing easy. It. I think it's always better when the it comes from the top two are easy. The top two are easy. Um, all right, so let's start at five, and I'll work my way backward. I'm gonna do it right off the right off the top of the dome. Um, magic. All right, I'm gonna go magic at five over um, Kobe. Uh, no, uh, no. Under so wait, Kobe. now you're at Spoiler, oh, yeah, under yeah, Kobe. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, so yeah, higher yeah. than Kobe. Matt, yeah, no, lower than Kobe. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so who's your four? <laughs> bro, you're, come on. Yeah, it's my out. list, bro. That's true. I'll step out. I'll Jesus. step aside. Um, magic. Um, four, I'm going to go with – four, I'll go with L- uh, Larry Bird. Okay. Um, three, 
I'm going to go with Kobe Bryant. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Kobe. That's uh, Number two, I'll go with Bill Russell. Whoa. Yeah, and then I'll go with um, uh, MJ. No LeBron. Not now. Oh, that's such a cop out. How can you possibly have he played more years than Bird, Magic, and MJ? I mean, listen, (laughs) it's hard. It is hard. It is hard to do it. And like, of course, LeBron will eventually be there. But right now, I'm going with retired (laughs) players. (laughs) All right, top five retired players of all time. I tweaked the list. His list is way worse than mine. All right, let's get to here's what's happening. It was a great segment, by the way. <laughs> yes, it was. Top five. Great, Fantastic yeah, great. podcast material. All right, Hannah, what do you got for us? All right, Kevin Durant, who was ejected late in the Warriors' 123-112 to win over the Knicks on Tuesday, accused official James Williams of targeting him during the game. <laughs> Durant said the beef with Williams began early in the game. So tension between players and officials has been dominant this season, with multiple star players criticizing how they've been treated by the referees. KD did control the game with a career-high 13 assists to go along with his 14 points. This is a league-high fourth ejection this season for Durant. Yeah, I like where this is going. <laughs> I really, really do. It's got to come to a head at some point. There are going to be some feelings hurt, some some dirty laundry aired. Um, it's got to be rectified, I think. It's just getting it's getting ugly now, right? Like, if every week we're talking about this, it's the last thing you want to be, like, to be stealing the headlines in the NBA. I still think the players don't respect the refs at all, and I think that's a problem. The refs. Yeah. Like, what, what the hell's got to respect the referee? So what do you want to do? Listen, I'm done no, with this. I agree with I'm, that. Off, no. I'm off. But what are you supposed to do? Call your own foul? No, why the hell I got to respect you? No, like, I agree. Because that's their job. Do your job and, and shut the paid, F up. They get paid nothing. Do, hey, listen, do your job. No, they get paid a lot. You're, do they? What? What, like half a mil? They, they, yeah, they get paid comparatively. Some, compa- is my point. Compared to who? <laughs> compared to the KD. Compared to Kevin Durant. KD is the talent. KD is <laughs> what is selling the shoes. Agreed. Like that little dude over there in the corner with his hand in the air. Like he ain't selling nothing. Do your job. You get paid over half a million dollars to ref basketball and and, and fly around first class and and stay in nice hotels. I get it. Like that's great. But Mo, you ain't playing in the game. Play your position, mofo. All I ask, a little respect. A little respect from the players. That's all I'm looking for. That's all the refs are looking for. It is heated in here. My goodness. Okay. (laughs) The Boston Celtics dropped their fourth consecutive game on Tuesday, this time falling to the Lakers 108-107. to Marcus Smart had his chance to win it at the buzzer, but his three-pointer rimmed out. Kyle Kuzma led the way with 28 points, four rebounds, and three assists for L.A., which has won three straight without an injured Lonzo Ball. Boston got 33 points and four assists from Kyrie Irving. Two things on this one. Why is Marcus Smart taking the last shot, not Kyrie? <laughs> the other thing, I got a quick question for you. Because yeah. I got blasted. I was on uh, FS1 doing a segment. I think Kyle Kuzma means more to the Lakers' success than Lonzo. Do you agree or disagree? Well, um, like he, I think he's the most valuable player on that team. This yeah. year or long term? Both. Yeah, that's an interesting question because a lot of people were saying – you know, Lonzo drives the culture. Lonzo's the guy, and now they've won three in a row. So where'd all that go? I, I think that it's hard to tell at this point, but I think Lon- like Kyle Kuzma right now is way more of an NBA difference maker than Lonzo Ball. Um, in the future, it could wind up being Lonzo. But I think the two of them, what they did in this draft was they got two pillars of their franchise going forward if Lonzo can figure out how to make it work a little bit offensively. They really had a good draft. Deep down, I just want Kyle Kuzma to get some attention, like get some love, because all we've talked about is Lonzo forever. He's a bad boy. Yeah, absolutely is. Mavericks coach Rick Carlisle said on Tuesday that he apologized to Salah Majiri. Majiri? 
Mesrit. Ah, Did Mesrit. you see this? Salah. This was classic. <laughs> for his, quote, unprofessional and uncalled for reaction to the center after he was ejected on Monday night. Video of the interaction went viral on social media after Coach Rick was seen yelling some inappropriate words. He later told reporters that he has to learn how to communicate with the mesh. Danny, what did he say? <laughs> so, did you see I this? I did see it. I loved it. Yeah. He told him, crazy. he said, you have two effing points. Get the <laughs> F out of here. So you love that. <laughs> yes. But re- but players have to have more respect for officials. No, well, this is his head coach. And you've seen a player cry and stuff on the court when he hasn't done anything. And the fact that he had to apologize for it, I think is ridiculous. Who? Players, uh, coaches should be allowed so, to chew out their players. So what if I turned back to him and said, hey, like. There's a respect level. It's the head coach. You can <laughs> Right. I said, you get the F out of here. We're losing well, by 20. Then we're brawling. Right, right. <laughs> then you got coach player brawls. I love it. All right. And last but not least, with baseball's hot stove downgraded to pretty lukewarm this offseason, the annual Hall of Fame debates have generated more than the usual attention. The results are set to be announced this evening, Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. So we're looking at a potentially huge Hall of Fame class for 2018. Some first-timers who are expected to walk into Cooperstown, no problem. Names like Vlad Guerrero. <laughs> Nice. Yep. Jim Tomei and Chipper Jones, but as always, the debate centers around ballots vets like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. I think what they should do is they should just have a steroid wing. Like, just yeah. put all the guys in from this era. And at, here's the unfortunate oh. thing. I think it's an entire era, like from 85 to 2003, whatever, when they had this, the hearings before. Yeah. And just kind of, hey, you're guilty by association because it was so prevalent across Major League Baseball that even if you were a guy like Jeter, who didn't do it, supposedly. I mean, I'm supposedly. not Supposedly. But all of them. I mean. I think you put all of them in the same era and just say this was the steroid era and let them all, let the best players in. I think it's a great solution because, look, we don't, like, real, real talk, you, you don't know all who was doing that. You don't. Like, when no. They really don't. You know, the testing started, there were probably, I don't know, probably 10 to 15 dudes that were real difference makers that probably skated and didn't get, totally. didn't get caught. So, like, where do you draw the line? Like, just let them all in. And yes, asterisk by like, this was a dirty era for baseball, like, blah, 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 blah. But you gotta take away, like, Roger Clemens really wasn't out there doing what Roger Clemens did before right. steroids. Right. Barry yeah. Bonds wasn't one of the best players in the game before his hat size grew by like 10 <laughs> yes. sizes. Like, come on, man. They were bosses. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's my fired solution up this for it. You are. I, I like know. it. You I got know. some <laughs> extra coffee and I like fired up, Raja. I like Jesus. it. Uh, what about college basketball? So college basketball, I don't watch a lot of college basketball until the minute the college football ends. I right. just don't have time. <laughs> I hate, I'm to me too. Attention. Mm-hmm. But then I've, as I've been catching up, I've been like, all right, let's watch some more of these teams play. And the the biggest storyline of college basketball has been Trey Young. Sure. Point guard for Oklahoma. He's been on fire. But this past week has been very turbulent for him. As he had a, a game the other night, Debo asked for me, who the heck were they playing? Uh, Kansas State? Yep. I think Kansas State. No, when he, they were playing Oklahoma State. He put up 38 shots I think it was Oklahoma in that State. game. Yeah. 38 shots. And I was asking you about it before the show, like how incredible, like how – Crazy was it to think he was putting up that many shots. So he comes out. He said, "Hey, I'm 19. You got to remember that." His coach, Lon Kruger, has been asked about it. It's been a topic of speculation. Last night he goes out against Kansas, and I thought he played a great game. But I also thought he was a, a sliver tentative as far as pulling the trigger. I thought he could have put it up a little bit more, especially in the first half. It's a really tough situation for a young player. I watched both games. Um, he was out of control in the Oklahoma State game, like really fired up. And that's natural, like for any pro, let alone a kid playing in his first bedlam game. Is that what they call that? Mm-hmm. The, like, so he was just super fired up. I mean, this kid was coming across half court like two steps and pulling threes <laughs> off the bounce with no passes. Like that's 
that's not your typical NCAA basketball game, right? Like that's a little mm-hmm. more NBA-ish. And so that was out of control. But here was the problem. His teammates weren't really doing anything. And so it was like, well, if he doesn't do it, maybe they're not even in that game. His shooting percentage is bad, but he scored 48 points, yeah. you know, but his teammates weren't supporting him. So it's twofold. One, it's, it's on the kid a little bit, but kids don't do that unless coaches allow them to do that. So Lon has clearly like run that offense and given him the freedom and, and the, and the autonomy to do whatever he wants within it. Um, so that's gotta be on the coach a little bit. Um, I really respected the way the kid came out. And this is another tough thing is to be told, Hey, I don't want you to do that. I need you to come out and facilitate. And it was like, it was really interesting for me to watch him do that, still figure out how to get 27 and 10 assists and have them win a huge game against Kansas, mm-hmm. who was number five in the country. And so it spoke to this kid's maturity. Um, because a lot of guys would be like, what the hell are you talking about? I just have 48 points. I'm like, I'm squeezing, bro. Yeah. Like this is my ball. But he came out, he set the table to your point a little, he erred on the side of being tentative because he wanted to make sure he did what his coach asked him to do, which means he's very coachable. Yeah. Right. And these are all things that the GMs are looking for in the kid. Like we know you can score, dude. We know you can get it up and come down and wah, 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 pull and, and stuff like that. But when asked to do a different job, can you do it? And can you do it in a tune that'll help us win games? And he did both. Like he came out, he was reserved. He set the table. Last two plays of the game, they're down one. He drives baseline. In the OKC State, OK State game, mm-hmm. he would have got that up to the rim. Drives Steve Nash baseline, search dribble, kicks it out, three. They come out of the timeout. They run high screen and roll. They slip the power forward. He throws a nice hook pass. Another three. That seals the game. Like, that says a lot to me as a general manager or a scout looking at a kid like that, the way he can bounce back, uh, show his maturity, and play a different way. I love the way he responded to all the criticism. And I, But I here's the thing I didn't like for him. After the game last night when he was talking to Holly Rowe on ESPN, he apologized. I hate that. Like He's like, I got to apologize to everybody. I just want to play better. I'm trying to get the best for my team. But you have to sit back and like he's trying to do it the right way. He's a really humble kid. He has responded well to the criticism. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys might have crumbled or they might not have shot at all to try to send some message. Like, I'm not going to shoot. Kobe. Kobe did it. Right. 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 You don't want to shoot. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of basketball we're going to talk about as we get ready for March Madness. That's when most of the country starts watching – paying attention and hitting it up. Uh, Jay Wright, Villanova, they're legit number one they as hard as anybody. Virginia Virginia held Clemson to 36 points last night. That's 36 points in college basketball. That's a little bit embarrassing for Clemson, although their best player, they did lose to an ACL yeah. injury. Tony Bennett, Tony Bennett is is the best defensive coach in the country, like year in and year out. The problem with his teams are they're not great offensively. Right. And – like you can only like you got to score points at some point. Yeah, they had sixty-one. Uh, if you hold people to thirty-six, you don't though. Yeah. So, but <laughs> no, I don't know yeah. if you're going to do that against some of the better teams. That's the problem in the ACC. Right. All right, let's do some topics, man, because I think we got some good ones today. All right, Danny, we're going to start with Turtleneck Swagger Jacker himself, <laughs> Alex Rodriguez. Whoa, hold on a second. Tell, explain to the people. Danny, Danny, yeah. well known <laughs> fashion yeah. icon, well known. For the turtleneck. Yeah, and he invented the turtleneck. And, and, and that is like so Diane off. Keaton of you. I, no, it is my look. I own the <laughs> look. Was she from Devil Wears like, Prada? Is that no, Diane that's Meryl Streep. Oh, oh, no, I, I know, but I don't know the movie Devil Wears Prada, so yeah. I didn't know if she was. Yeah, Diane Keaton know. is when, like. When an I know old Diane song Keaton gets played. It, like, yeah. It's pretty yeah. much like every time someone wears a turtleneck, 10 cents should be donated to Danny. Yeah. Totally, I know that. It should be. I think I deserve most of the credit for it. I don't know how I go about doing that, though. Wait, so I'm sorry. So you wear the turtleneck? So, well, see, here's – so Hannah's new. Newer to the <laughs> Come podcast. on, Hannah. If you would have listened to our Get to Know Each Other podcast when I asked Raja about turtlenecks specifically, because I yes. asked him if they were fashion forward or a fashion faux pas, 
I hope you show Debo is showing Hannah. What do, right I said, what do you think I said? What do you think I said? There are some really. Raja definitely said hell no. <laughs> no, he did not. He said <laughs> what? absolutely. What you can really? Wear them. Yes. Yeah. They are fashion forward. I like them. Yeah. Okay. Thank I you. I think they're See, great. Certain They're, settings. Majority, majority. Don't show her the bad pictures, Tebow, because they can make you look really bad. <laughs> Some have been better than others. And by the majority of responses, dudes think they look awful, and women think they look good. So you decide. If you're a listener, you're a young guy listening, trying to do well with the ladies. Who's A-Rod then- dating? Exactly. Right? J-Lo. I think that answers everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Wear yeah. a turtleneck, she, people. And by the way, <laughs> this is the best part of me as I almost have like an automatic turtleneck alert because of the Twitter response that I usually get. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma talking about his game last night was wearing a turtleneck Boom. after he had Stop. that huge Boom. game to, wait to beat the Celtics. What's the movie with Galifianakis and Will Smith? I mean, Will Smith, Will Ferrell. Um, uh, hangover? No, no, he wasn't in that one. No, huh? no, no. It was like uh, like the election one. The election. Can you oh, please I pull up that? Movie. Was, he I think wearing, he, was he wearing a turtleneck? So every time you say turtleneck, this is the picture that pops in my mind. <laughs> the campaign. So, shout, the out campaign. shout out to A Rod. Shout out to A Rod. Is he in a turtleneck in that? Galifianakis. <laughs> he might have been. I think you're right. And it might. Have anyways. Been. Yeah. Like anyways. A Rod was on Fallon last night, but yesterday we Nobody learned about A-Rod. that he <laughs> might I like A Rod. He might be heading to the other evil empire. A Rod joining ESPN yeah. to work Sunday night baseball telecasts. The new team will consist of Matt Vescursion, Jessica Mendoza, Buster Olney, and the dude who dates J Lo. He'll continue to work with Fox in the playoffs. <laughs> so does this miraculous image turnaround continue for A Rod at ESPN? It's – I have never seen anything like it, a guy turn around from going to the one of the most hated guys in sports, cheater, all the names that were hold his way, phony, everything you want to throw his way, <laughs> to being one of the most beloved figures it's in broadcasting. It's, you think it's J-Lo? It's, I'm telling you. <laughs> I am telling you. It was J-Lo. That was the best PR move of all time, him dating J-Lo. So you think it was set up? You think it was all for show? No. Okay. At first, I did have that that feeling. I was yeah. like, "Why is she dating him? This has to be. Here's this the has thing. to be a PR move." He was crushed for taking the picture, kissing himself in the mirror. Yeah. Back in his heyday, all he does is do I selfies. Think he's a funny and guy. No, I, like, I think I like he's. A-Rod. I think he's like a, a like a goofy guy, We're and I think that A-Rod. people don't. Didn't want, understand that right. at first, and now they do. Because it's so easy to make fun of him doing that obnoxious stuff, but. I think that he's just a goofy guy, and he's, I mean, what was the thing he had? Like, someone zoomed in on his notes once. Oh, but they they manipulated that. that was oh, they did? Okay. Yes. Oh. You don't think it was? I you thought it was, about? this whole time I thought it was real. Wait, I what thought it was, was real, too. Was I don't it, know. What did it say on there? There's something about, like, birth control. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was, like, a list of things to do or to get, <laughs> and it was bad. And someone zoomed in on his anyways. But I, I think he's, I, I, I always thought he was, like, kind of a funny guy. And, um. <laughs> I, I I feel like I, play, to I know blame him for from his high good school. Image. Like he was, I always liked him. I don't have a problem. What was with he like? I, it's cool. Like he was yeah. funny. He was goofy. Like a goofy kid from Miami. Mm-hmm. Had a great time with him. I've always felt bad for him because I felt like the perception of him was so bad. Now I don't feel bad for him at all because he's this hero. All right, what else we got? As you guys were trying to figure out what was, uh, I can't. I don't even. I can't even read can't what really like say. that says. All right, another talented guy on the diamond. No Roy's here. The best player in baseball. A fan of the team oh, trying to stake claim <laughs> to the best in football. Mike Trout was at the NFC Championship rocking that underdog mask. And yesterday, he refused to answer when asked if he would rather see the Eagles win the Super Bowl or make it to the World Series with the Angels Ooh. and lose. Question. He did no, say, I think the Eagles are going to win 31-24. 
on a late interception oh. off Brady. Whoa. That's a wild call, but I like it. That's yeah, of course you do as the Eagles fan. You cannot That's a hard question. No, it's a good question. You always have to go with your home crowd. Because your home crowd will turn on you in a second. I'm not talking about where you grew up. I'm talking about the team that's paying the you millions of, mo- millions of dollars. But he indirectly did the opposite. Like he didn't answer, right? Yeah, you have I to say. I think that's how, that might have been like more respect for the Angels. Like that's a silly question <laughs> I'm right. not even going to answer. Yeah, I don't know. All right. yeah. No, you have to go I mean, Angels. Absolutely. We need to Philadelphia Philly there. <laughs> Maybe. Um, all right. So if the Jersey trend holds true, Trout's prediction might end up wrong. The Patriots choosing to, choosing to go with their white jerseys for the Super Bowl, that might matter because 12 of the last 13 Super Bowl champs have worn white, so should they even play the game? No, they shouldn't. Trust me, this is something Belichick takes into consideration. He's absolutely looking at They got to choose, so that they're absolutely choosing that because it's the winning color, for sure. <laughs> oh, dude, like teams do Every that all time. the time. Yeah, they're, they're very superstitious. Teams do it all the time. 3-0, the Pats are all wearing white in the Super Bowl. Uh, some more Jersey talk, and I've been watching a lot of Miami Vice on Hulu recently. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just getting into it. Roll Yesterday, back. the full of Vice-inspired Miami Heat City Edition unis dropped, and they you got a picture. You got a picture. Fire. You haven't seen them? You haven't seen the video? They're wearing it's them. It's such a good Listen, hype video. Thursday against the Kings. You can't lose in them, right, Danny? Uh, so here's the thing. I, I you should. call them, um, inspired by Miami Vice. I think hey, yo. Makes, makes you hungry. I think they were inspired by Miami subs, Miami. <laughs> the great franchise. Oh, they totally do. I put out a. Uh, we'll put it on Twitter. I put out. Put those two logos but next to each other. They are spot was, on. Was Miami, Miami subs, subs inspired was by inspired Miami by Vice? By Miami Vice. First. It was. No, totally. it was not. No, it was Danny. not. Just put Danny's brain in the Totally. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, he's he like, mind like, blown. No, 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 for real. I, I think the jerseys are dope. I do wish that there was like a little bit of like black underneath the blue, like Agreed. the pink and yeah, the blue. It's, too white. it's gotta like pop a little bit. It reminds me of like, um, old school Palm Beach Gardens in like ni- the nineties. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I didn't. I was down in Dade, so I don't. I don't All know right, much but anyways, no, I think the jerseys are dope. I like them. I used to hit Miami subs. I support it every night on the way home from baseball practice at like ten o'clock. And you were like, "I'm gonna tell the Heat one day. <laughs> they just, take <laughs> this right. idea." They just change your whole world. I with wish that, that these rel- didn't get revelation because yeah. these were leaked a while ago. Like everyone but knew not what the they full right. Yeah, the full but everyone knew what they were gonna look like. Did you? Uh, did you have my in topics? Yeah, my boy Nick Starkle. Should I? Give I got him. One? Oh, so, you got it. All right. Look at look at the dating world these days. Yeah. So Texas A&M quarterback Nick Starkle, he was at dinner in College Station the other day, met this waitress that he seemingly fell in love with. But he left. He didn't make a move while he was at the diner. He waited to go to social media after and post, I need your help, Aggieland. If anyone knows a girl named Lindsay that works at the Hullabaloo Diner, DM me. Hope this works. Hullabaloo. Yeah, at the hullabaloo. <laughs> That's Hope this works. It worked. I have a love-hate relationship with this story because what was wrong with you? You couldn't ask for her Coward. number in the moment. Exactly. But Lindsay I support. Has been found. She's been found. I support him shooting his shot afterwards. <laughs> Shoot that but shot, like, bro. Like, just ask for her number. Exactly. That's the problem. But this is twenty eighteen. Fan of like, write your number on the check or. Just I've done like that it. before. Whoa. Hey, yo. Whoa. When I was a waitress, I would write my number on like receipts sometimes. Really? Oh, the other way around. The other way. Like I was a waitress. Nothing ever, yeah, you're strong. Nothing ever really worked out. Strong. No? But no, I don't really remember. was called, right? Um, 
um, yeah, I also definitely gave, <laughs> I also definitely gave the 8675309 a couple times. Oh, um, so the dudes you did want to give out. If you throw an area code in there, nobody knows. That's true. So we'll see how this plays out. Hannah, how about the Jeannie Bouchard second Super Bowl date? Oh yeah, I heard about this. This Wait, guy, uh, talk about shooting your shot. Yeah. He made yeah, a bet yeah, with yeah. Jeannie Bouchard last year. They're going to the Super Bowl in Minnesota again together this year. They've so, been dating. So he, he tweeted at her, right? Yeah. Originally. And what did he say? <laughs> I have to look this up. So Jeannie, Jeannie Broussard, tennis player. She is smoking hot, right? She's a good looking tennis player. Yes. And this dude hit her this up is definitely during a win the game. For him. I should oh, know it's this. a huge win for him. But they have been dating. Like they were seen at a Knicks game at the garden together. Like this isn't, they're, they're an item. And the guy must be loaded too. <laughs> it started last year when this, this kid, just a University of Missouri student, got her to agree to a date if the New England Patriots rallied to win the Super Bowl. And they did. So yeah. they went to a, a Brooklyn Nets game. Yeah. Um, they went to a date and now Super Bowl 52. Bam. They're, they're together. They're an item. So true love. You can find it anywhere. Hey, good for you, young fella. Exactly. Exactly. Essentially, that is crazy. Whatever you She's and, so and hot you too, too. Jeannie, because exactly. maybe, maybe, like, hey, you know what I've heard? And I, like, Hannah, you're, like, they, <laughs> no, but you're, you're, you you're a girl? pretty girl, right? <laughs> like, no, they say sometimes, like, because if, if the, the prettier they are, the harder it is for guys to approach them, and they yep. wind up never really getting anyone coming up to them. So she might have been like, people may be like intimidated by that. And right. dude was like, hey, check it out. I'm, I'm taking the shot. Now we found true love. We got, Maybe we they got both got it. Shoot your shot 2018. Name our dating segment on <laughs> yes, the show. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we need to do a little dating advice segment. Uh, <laughs> right. Except for like Debo and I only. <laughs> Why? We can ha- we have experience they dating. Just no, no, we're you out guys. Of the dating pool. We're like we're the ones that need the advice. Oh, and you guys are the ones that give the Perfect. advice. All right, sounds good. But we're gonna get deep on the Bachelor, so it's okay. Uh, oh, oh, all right. look out for that. All right, big news is coming for all <laughs> the Paradinus. Yes, in twenty eighteen. <laughs> Uh, where we shoot our shot. All right, that's it. We better we better shut down this podcast as it's going downhill pretty fast. Uh, thanks for checking us out. Make sure you check us out Friday. We're going to get our boy Fred Siegel on from Old Takes Exposed. Have some fun with him. We'll do our picks and props for, not for the Super Bowl, not yet. Maybe we'll do the Senior Bowl picks and props, which will be not Pro very Bowl. entertaining. Pro Bowl. NHL Again. All-Star Game. Again, don't gamble on any of those. But make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Check us out. Leave us a five-star review. Ask us a question on the iTunes page. Under that five-star review, we are guaranteed to answer whatever you ask. And make sure, as always, follow us on at Canel and Bell on Twitter. And hit up our boy Debo. Try to troll him. He does not fall for it. Give Send us, us some good questions. Weekend. Yeah. Wait, that first. No, yeah. you first. No, no, no. Raja's <laughs> no. more important. Send us, Send us to All Star Weekend. Yes. Yeah. And go. also leave us some good questions for Five Star Friday. Exactly. Thanks for checking us out.